Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 11th day of February. How great is it to be here together, reading the Word of the Lord daily? Ah,、oh, man, I just love it. There's nothing else like it.、It's、so good to be here with you today. Hope you've had a great week. We are finishing off this week in the Book of Exodus with chapters 36 through 38, finishing off with the Evangelical Heritage Version for this week. Moses continued, "Bezel and Aholib shall work with every skilled man in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding, who knows how to carry out all the work for completing everything for the sanctuary, according to everything that the Lord has commanded." So Moses called Bezel and Aholib, and every skilled man into whose heart the Lord had put the needed wisdom and skill, that is, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come and join in the work. They received from Moses all the materials which the people of Israel had brought as a special offering for the task of completing everything for the sanctuary, and the people continued to bring voluntary offerings to Moses every morning. All the skilled craftsmen who were performing all the work for the sanctuary came from the specific work which they were doing. Each of them told Moses, "The people have brought more than enough to complete the work which the Lord commanded." So Moses gave a command that was passed through the camp: No man or woman should provide anything else for the offering for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing more, because the material they had brought was sufficient to complete all the work, with some left over. All the skilled craftsmen among the workers made the dwelling out of ten curtains made from finely woven linen and with blue, purple, and scarlet material. They decorated the curtains with cherubim. Which were the work of a skilled craftsman. The length of each panel of the curtain was forty-two feet, and the width of each panel was six feet. All the panels were the same size. One set of five curtains was connected together into one panel, and the other set of five curtains was connected together. They attached blue loops to the edge of the last panel in the first set of curtains. In the same way, they attached loops to the edge of the last panel of the second set. They made fifty loops for the edge of the first set of curtains, and fifty loops for the edge of the second set of curtains. The two sets of loops lined up opposite one another. They made fifty gold clasps, and they connected one set of curtains to the other with the clasps, so that the tent became one connected piece. They made a curtain from panels of goat's hair to serve as a tent over the dwelling. They made eleven panels. The length of each panel was forty-five feet. And the width of each panel was six feet. The eleven panels were the same size. They connected five panels into one unit, and six panels into another unit. They made fifty loops for the edge of the last curtain of one set, and fifty loops for the edge of the last curtain in the second set. They made fifty bronze clasps and put the clasps into the loops to join the two pieces of the tent together, so that it was one unit. They made another cover for the tent from ram skins dyed red, and another cover from hides of sea cows to go above that one. They made upright boards of acacia wood for the dwelling. Each board was fifteen feet tall, and the width of each board was twenty-seven inches. There were two pegs on each board to join them to one another. This is the way they made all the boards for the dwelling. They made twenty boards for the south side of the dwelling. They made forty socket bases of silver to go under the twenty boards, two sockets under the first board for its two pegs, and two sockets under the next board for its two pegs. 
For the second side of the dwelling, the north side, they made 20 boards, with 40 socket basins of silver, two sockets under the first board, and two sockets under the next board. For the far side of the dwelling, the west side, they made six boards. They made two boards for each of the back corners of the dwelling. These two corner boards were double on the bottom, but they were joined at the top by one ring. Both sets were like this. Altogether, there were eight boards with silver socket bases. There were 16 socket bases, two socket bases under each board. They made crossbars cross of acacia wood, five for the boards on one side of the dwelling, five crossbars for the boards and on the other side of the dwelling, and five crossbars for the boards on the back of the dwelling of the west. The middle bar, placed halfway up the boards, passed through from one end to the other end. They overlaid the boards with gold and made gold rings to attach to them as a housing for the crossbars. And they overlaid the crossbars with gold. They made a veil of blue, purple, and scarlet material and fine woven linen, decorated with cherubim, the work of a skillful craftsman. They made four posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold. The posts stood on four socket basins of silver. The hooks were made of gold. They made a screen for the entry to the tent out of blue, purple, and scarlet material and fine woven linen, the work of an embroiderer. They made five posts of acacia to support the screen and overlaid them with gold. Their hooks were gold, and they cast five bronze socket bases for them. Bizel made the Ark of Acacia Wood. It was 45 inches long, 27 inches wide, and 27 inches high. He overlaid it with pure gold on the inside and the outside, and made a gold border around it. He cast four gold rings for it and placed them next to its four feet. Two rings on one side of it and two rings on the other side. He made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. He made an atonement seat of pure gold, 45 inches long and 27 inches wide. He made two cherubim of hammered gold for the two ends of the atonement seat, one cherub for one end and one cherub for the other. The cherubim on its two ends formed the piece, one piece with the atonement seat. The cherubim spread their wings upward that they covered the atonement seat with their wings, and they faced each other. The faces of the cherubim were looking inward towards the atonement seat. He made a table of acacia wood, 36 inches long, 18 inches wide, and 27 inches high. He overlaid it with pure gold and made a gold border around it. He made a three-inch rim around it. He made a gold border on its rim all the way around it. He made four gold rings for it and put the rings at the four corners above the four legs at the table. The rings were close to the border to hold the poles used to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold so that the table could be carried with them. He made the vessels and the accessories for the table out of pure gold, its dishes, its small bowls, its larger bowls, and its pitchers to pour out drink offerings. He made a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand was made of hammered metal. Its base, its shaft, its cups, its buds, and its flowers were all formed as one piece with the lampstand. There were six branches going out from its sides. Three branches of the lampstand went out from one side, 
and three branches of the lampstand went out from the other side. Three cups like almond blossoms with buds and flowers were on the first branch, and three cups like almond blossoms with buds and flowers were on the branch opposite it. It was the same for all six branches that went out from the lampstand. On the lampstand itself, he made four cups like almond blossoms with buds and flowers. The buds under one pair of branches formed one piece with the lampstand, and the buds under the second pair of branches formed one piece with the lampstand, and the buds under the third pair of branches formed one piece with the lampstand. The same for all six branches going out of the lampstand. Its buds and branches were made as one piece with it. All of it was one hammered piece, one hammered work of pure gold. He made seven lamps for it. Its wick trimmers and its pans were pure gold. It was made with 75 pounds of pure gold, along with all these accessories. He made the altar for incense. He made it of acacia wood. Its length was 18 inches, and its width was 18 inches. It was square, and its height was three feet. Its horns formed one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top, all its sides, and its horns. He made a gold border around it. He made two gold rings to go under its border. He made them for two opposite sides. They were holders for poles with which to carry it. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of fragrant spices, the work of a perfume maker. He made the altar for burnt offerings from acacia wood. It was square, seven and a half feet long and seven and a half feet wide. It was four and a half feet high. He made horns on its four corners. These horns were made as one piece with the altar, and he overlaid the altar with bronze. He made all the utensils for the altar, its pails, the shovels, the basins, the meat hooks, and the fire pans of bronze. He made a grate for it, which was a lattice work of bronze, and he made four bronze rings for the four corners of the lattice work gate. He set the grate in place below the top edge of the altar so that the grate rested halfway down from the top of the altar. He made poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlaid them with bronze. He put these poles through the rings on two sides of the altar for carrying it. He made the altar hollow. Its sides were made of boards. He made a large bronze basin. Its pedestals also was bronze. He made it from the mirrors of the woman who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He made the courtyard. For the south side of the courtyard, he made hangings of fine woven linen, 150 feet long for that side. He made 20 posts for it and 20 bronze socket bases for them. The hooks for the posts and the connectors were silver. In the same way, the north side, there were hangings 150 feet long with 20 posts and 20 bronze socket bases. The hooks for the posts and their connectors were silver. For the courtyard on the west side, there were hangings 75 feet wide, with 10 posts and 10 socket bases. The width of the court on the east side was 75 feet. The hangings on one side of the entry gate were 22 feet, 6 inches wide, and 3 posts and 3 socket bases. For the other side, there were hangings 22 feet, 6 inches wide, with 3 posts and 3 socket bases. All the hangings around the court were of fine woven linen. The socket bases for the posts were bronze. The hooks of the posts and their connectors were silver, and the overlay of the capitals on top of these posts was silver. 
and all the posts of the courtyard had silver bands. There was a screen for the entry gate of the courtyard, made of blue, purple, and scarlet material and of fine woven linen, the work of an embroiderer. It was 30 feet wide, and like the hangings of the courtyard, it was seven and a half feet high. It had four posts and four bronze socket bases. The hooks of the posts and their connectors were silver, and the overlay of the capitals on top of the post was silver. All the tent stakes for the dwelling and all the stakes for the surrounding courtyard were bronze. These are the inventories of the material used for the dwelling, that is, the dwelling of the testimony, as they are recorded by the Levites under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest, as Moses had commanded. Bazel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord had commanded Moses. With him was Aholib, son of Ahisamach, from the tribe of Dan, an engraver, a skilled workman, and an embroiderer in blue, purple, and scarlet material, and in fine linen. All the gold that was used for the work of the sanctuary project, that is, the gold from the wave offering, was 29 talents and 730 shekels, measured by the shekel of the sanctuary. The silver received from those who were counted in the census of the community was 100 talents and 1,775 shekels, measured by the shekel of the sanctuary. The rate was one bika ahead, that is, half a shekel ahead, measured by the shekel of the sanctuary. One bika was given by each man as he passed over to those who had been counted. The bika each was given by 603,550 men from 20 years old and older. The 100 talents of silver were used for casting the sockets for the sanctuary and the sockets for the veil. 100 sockets were made from the 100 talents, a talent per socket. From the 1,775 shekels, Bazel made hooks for the posts, overlaid their capitals, and made connectors for them. The bronze from the offering was 70 talents and 2,400 shekels. With this, he made the sockets for the entrance of the tent of meeting. The bronze altar, the bronze grate for it, all the utensils for the altar, the sockets around the courtyard, the sockets for the gate of the courtyard, all the stakes for the tent, and all the stakes around the courtyard. So today's reading is the continuation of all of the details for the dwelling. And um, there's not much to, to dissect together as it's a, a very tedious details of how the, um, the dwelling, the place of the Lord where the Lord would dwell, is to be made. And so, Father, I thank you that we can read this story and be in awe and wonder of all of these details and how this would have looked and just our own imagery and even research, you know, just a picture of it. But ultimately, God, I'm just so grateful that, you know, we have your Holy Spirit, we have your presence to enter into, and that there has been a way that we can enter into your presence and enter into your grace and your love freely and that we don't have to go through specific people and we don't have to go to a specific place and it doesn't have to look like specific things but that we just get to come before you and so father i just thank you for your word and i thank you for just the gift that it is that we have your presence in your holy spirit and i pray that we would lean into those 
those sweet, freely given gifts. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, this is where I leave you for this week. I have so enjoyed getting to read the word of the Lord to you this week and going through the book of Exodus. So I encourage you to listen to the end of the podcast, hear the update of the Israel pilgrimage that my family is on right now where they're at in the the trip. Um, But this is where I leave you for this week. So next time that we chat, they will be starting their journey back home, I believe. So um, enjoy all of the, the details and just close your eyes and try to picture it like you're there. If, if you've been there, you'll remember. And if not, um, you, can, you can buy the Promised Land DVD or you can close your eyes and picture it the best that you can. But that is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here next week. Thank you, China. Greetings again from Israel, friends and family. Day five. And... Um, We're just plowing through, trying to find rest any minute we can and uh, trying to and starting to get acclimated. And uh, what a great day that we had together, a full day, another full day, lots of full days. Um, But we did start today leaving and saying goodbye uh, to the Dead Sea and leaving the wilderness so our first stop today was uh, in Gede. We walked this beautiful trail that led us uh, to just a gorgeous waterfall uh, flowing down the, the side of a rock formation. Beautiful. Um, that led right into a stream. Just a gorgeous day. And then as we walk, we're just sort of cradled by these rock formations that have these little pockets, little whole pockets of caves. Uh, And they look so tiny in scale, but they're just um, magnificent. And so we started there today, and then we made our way to Qumran, which is um, a location said to believe where some of the dead scrolls have been found just gorgeous landscape and scenery uh, the ruggedness of the desert still the mountains and then it's almost confusing that a tree or five or six will just pop right out of the the brown dust (laughs) in the ground uh, and thrive And uh, you may or may not know my obsession and love for trees. Um, So, of course, I was enamored by that. And then we made our way to River Jordan, uh, where the group, anyone who would like to be baptized in the group can do so. So I believe we had 44 or 45 people get baptized today. And um, that is, of course... One of my favorite upfront close viewings on this trip, uh, my son Christian and I helped people get in and out of the water because uh, with Barbara being here and the rains being so high with the storms, uh, the water was the highest I had ever seen it. And so you couldn't 
even see the stairs. So we're just helping people get in and out of the water. The sun's beating down. It's a gorgeous day. And then I just got a glimpse up close of um, men and women, but mostly men, just taking a minute and sitting with the weight of the choice that they're about to make. And it makes me so emotional on top of the fatigue because it's just the most beautiful sight. People considering who they were and people realizing that when they come out of the water, they're not the same as they went down. And it's just so worth the journey. It's so beautiful. And then to just even watch the camaraderie and the group start to develop and, and the relationships formed and people taking pictures and videos for their new friends and new family. And um, it's just hard to put into words, but the most amazing sight. Um, so then we finished at the River Jordan and then finally made our way and our last stop, uh, which was up a very, very steep cliff <laughs> without any guardrails, I might add, which is not my favorite thing to do. But we did make it and the site was spectacular. The view just stunning. Uh, what we're able to see and I wish I could tell you where it was, but I didn't get out of the bus uh, just for some anxiety with um, spaces like that without any safety precautions. And so I just stayed on the bus and rested a minute and it was good just to catch my breath and have a moment of solitude and silence. And then we had a couple of hour drive and made our way to one of my favorite places here, uh, the Sea of Galilee. So we made it to the Galilee, as Brian likes to say, um, made it just in time for sunset. The, the sky was just a gorgeous shade of like orange blush mixed against that the dark water. And I don't know, there's just something so special about this place. Uh, the breeze off of the water and the sunsets and it more than likely has something to do with my love for for the water and the beach and an amazing sunset against the water that's that's probably my best guess but all in all just a beautiful day again so thankful for the sunshine and feeling it beat down on my skin and it's just really good to be back. And so that's it. Day five uh, in the books. We'll turn the page together tomorrow. Uh, such a great day. Lots of things planned. But I think the big highlight will be the wedding bow renewal ceremony in Cana. Looking forward to that. And I will... Lord willing and the waters don't rise I'll be back to share tomorrow um, 
all that we took in. Don't forget, tonight is the live broadcast, 7.30 p.m. our time, uh, and it's going to be different for everybody else, but roughly somewhere between 30, 1.30, something like that. So check your local listings and how it adjusts to... Oh, where am I? Uh, Israeli, Israeli time. Here's hoping to a great night's rest and turning the page together tomorrow and starting again. That's it for tonight. We'll turn the page together tomorrow. Until then, love one another. Hello, DABC family. This is Diana from Florida, and I want to pray for Saved by His Grace in Happy Valley, whom presented her her son and uh, ex-wife and child um, as a prayer request because they've gone through a very difficult divorce and the child is now acting out. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and I present you this family. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that this son and ex-wife, O Lord God, uh, may be reconciled, O Lord. Whether that means reconciliation simply as co-parents or a full reconciliation as a family. Um, Either way, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would come together in unity to be able to effectively parent this young boy and find him help, O oh Lord God. The Lord, divorce brings a lot of trauma. And um, as somebody who's been through multiple divorces with my parents, and by God's grace, now they are remarried. That's a story for another day. I know that the trauma is still long lasting, and there are things I've had to work through even as an adult, as a result of their their divorces and the things that happened. And so I just pray, sweet Jesus, that they would become united, that they would work to find help for this sweet young boy, and that in the name of Jesus, it would help to curb these behavioral problems and bring him to a place of happiness and joy. May they seek you, Jesus, first and foremost, too. Hi, Dabsy family. This is Carrie, a.k.a. Jesus Girl. I am calling to request prayer from you guys for my daughter, Ariel. She has been living in North Carolina for the last year and a half plus, and she's been um, dating a man since not long after she moved down there that she loves dearly. They've been talking marriage for a bit, and in meeting him before, I really liked him. She let me know a couple weeks ago that she is now at this date 13 weeks pregnant. Yesterday, they got into an argument, and he picked her up by her throat and hit her head on the kitchen sink. And this morning, while he was at work, sent her a text message along the lines of, you act like you don't want to be pregnant. And she took that as a threat and promptly got my 12-year-old granddaughter and herself together 
and has put herself on a greyhound coming home back to Michigan where I live. Um, she already felt like the world was crashing in on her and she has to leave her car down there and obviously with a quick run like that she couldn't grab much of her stuff. She considers herself to be agnostic even though she grew up going to church and being told the truth. I'm just asking that you please, whether you call in or not, add her to your prayer list. She is really going to be going through it. The last thing in the world she wanted to do is move back home with mom because since I got saved, she says she is too heathen to live with me again. I thank you, Dabsy family. I love each of you. I pray for you daily and have a blessed day. Hey, my Dabsy family. This is Ashley from Texas. Everything is good with me. However, last year when I got pregnant, I got pregnant with my absolute bestest friend on the planet. Um, and so our babies are four weeks apart. So mine is Genesis and hers is Hunter, um, which is so beautiful since we just finished the book of Genesis. So that was kind of beautiful. Anyway, Hunter uh, is having some issues he is below weight, so he's about to be six months, and he's only nine and a half pounds. Um, though my best friend is doing everything she can. She breastfeeds. She also gives him formula. She also mixed it with rice cereal. She's doing all kinds of things. Um, he started having infantile spasms, and he's now in Labonner. And um, he's reverted back to a newborn. So all of his developmental milestones have went away, and he's he's struggling and she's very fearful and very much in pain and it makes it a lot harder um on her because she doesn't have a whole lot of help and we're we're you know hours apart so I can't support her um <clears throat> so I'm asking that you guys would pray for Hunter that he makes a full recovery that the spasms go that the food sticks to his body and he starts to gain weight and becomes a healthy baby. I very much appreciate all the prayers you've done for me. And I'm just begging you, begging you that the prayers of the righteous be put on Hunter, baby Hunter, that he be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you guys. Love you. Bye. Hey, my outstanding dab C fam. This is Kingdom Seeker Daniel family. Let's pray. Father, I come on behalf of the entire DAB and DAB C team that will be taking the pilgrimage to your holy land. Father, will you be with Pastor Brian, Lady Jill, Miss China, the entire tech team, all of the family members that will be traveling from the DAB and the DAB C. God, will you look after them, take good care of them, see them Lord, across the airways and to that amazing land. And while they're there, God, would you refresh them from the jet lag? Would you strengthen them and revive them and protect them, God, as they are moving about and moving around? Um, God, I pray that you will um, govern the technology, Lord, as um, they are uh, making uh, the broadcast uh, from the Holy Land. God, I ask that you would let everything work together as it ought to without a glitch. And I just pray that you would just be with them and let this be a most memorable time for them all. 
God, we thank you and we praise you for how you will bring them back, revived and refreshed in Jesus' name. And then for our beloved sister, your daughter, the burning bush that will not be devoured for the glory of our God and King. God, you see the struggle that they are having with their son. You see the challenges that she and her husband are having with the marriage due to the strain of what's happening in the in the home with their son. Oh God, would you bring deliverance, bring healing, bring breakthrough and cause a turnaround for this young man and for this couple. God, we lift this family up to you and we speak healing over their lives in Jesus name. Amen.